episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sale through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Now, I when I say the Ready Crew, when I talk about the Ready Crew, and I and I give that title out to pretty much anyone who is a fan of this show, it, it's it's meaningful. It, you are legitimately a part of my world, but. Sometimes when you take a step back, you got to realize that sometimes you've already had a crew that you've already been a part of your entire life, uh, a crew of friends and family members that you can uh, look on to for any other uh, good you know, purposes in your life. They, they are there for you. They help you out. Um, they're always there to help shine a light in your life. Um, and luckily very much like this episode and about being a part of a team and being a part of a crew, I got to travel around the country and actually meet up with someone that I would consider as a part of my own personal crew. Uh, since we've known each other for about 15 plus years, definitely 17, 12, a crazy amount of years since the seventh grade I traveled all the way down to New Jersey to hang out with my dear friend, uh, a teacher, an actor, a uh, all-around great person, an artist, a just devotee to the arts, ladies and gentlemen, Seth Price. Ahoy, Captain. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. You're welcome. And I thank you for coming to give me a nice assist over the last 24 hours here. Oh, absolutely. Hey, when you yeah, and somebody needs a help, you know, moving is no joke. No, even the smallest. Let me tell you, you could look at the smallest amount of stuff to move, and the least amount of spot like place to move it. We didn't have to like pack it all into a vehicle and travel two flights of stairs. Still no. a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. For for those like. What he's referring to is that I, I actually moved from one apartment to another today. The new apartment that I happen to be renting now is the basement apartment of the house that I've been living in in Jersey City for the last five years. Um, the move just kind of happened quite serendipitously, and uh, I'm excited to be still living in this neighborhood with nice close proximity to New York and you know, have my, my two jobs working as a teacher and music director at a church here in Jersey. So it's, it's a, it was an A-plus move at the right time, and uh, I'm excited to see where it brings me. Yeah, and the, you know, the thing when people built homes, they didn't ever really expect how big furniture would eventually get. For sure. Back then, definitely furniture was a little bit on the, on the spacious side. But now, I mean, something as simple as a TV stand... What used to be like small, now. Yeah, and we, yeah, we had, we there was like a moment where uh, one little piece of the the shelf holder kind of fell out, and uh, there were four four of us that were trying to find this piece. And I get the TV the TV stand into place, and I'm moving some stuff around, and all of a sudden I hear a clutter. Turns out the piece that had fallen out that we thought had maybe fallen down a shaft in the wall or just completely lost into the uh lost into the abyss was right there in, in front of me so uh just a, maybe just that's a maybe that's of the we, well it and was maybe that's just a, hey and maybe that's just a metaphor for the fact that this opportunity kind of fell right in front of me and i was like all right 
you're, let's roll with it. <laughs> you're finding metaphors in the furniture. That's a problem. <laughs> oh, man. Now, like, like I said, I we've known each other since middle school. I know. It's been a long time. And one thing about that, uh, th- that entire time that we've known each other is that SpongeBob has always been a part of pop culture. Absolutely. It's, How many Kids' Choice Awards has it won at this point? Like every, I mean, every year. It, <laughs> every year, it's, it's it's the most consistent I, thing we've had in our lives for the last. God years. bless them for winning <laughs> the amount that they have, but let's face it, it's it's like mom giving their kid the award in the group of yeah. of children. Sure. You know, but hey, most most years it definitely did deserve it when it was yeah, at absolutely. its high its high times. Which is when we were in middle school is when season two, season three were on television. Yep. Do you remember much about JFK? Not really. No. I feel no. like every town has a JFK. There's a few in the state I know that have a JFK middle school as we do in our hometown. Yep. But uh, there's like every town has a JFK, either elementary school, middle school, high yep. school, it feels. Yeah. I mean, we've got... Here in, here in Jersey City, and actually it's most of Hudson County, we have John F. Kennedy Boulevard, which actually starts in Bayonne, which is the town just south of Jersey City. JFK Boulevard goes all the way up into, oh, either uh, North Bergen or West New York. It, it goes far up. So that's our, that's our local tribute to JFK. A <laughs> little bit of a New Jersey for you, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of New Jersey trivia that's out there. Yeah. Weird Weird New Jersey is a, a publication I would definitely recommend everybody check out. And here's another thing about New Jersey. Let me tell you one thing. That breakfast meat. Oh, Taylor you, Ham. It's Taylor Ham. Oh yeah. It, it, no. Don't 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 at me with that. I actually attest to this. Name. Let me tell it's you. Taylor Ham. My cousin, my cousin who's older than me, uh, was born and grew up in New Jersey, very close to this area, in Hoboken, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Shout out. That's right next door here. Um, and anytime we would come down and visit, we would he would make sure that we would go and get breakfast to get a Taylor ham, egg and cheese bagel, and it is absolutely life changing. There's nothing like it. There's no bagels on this planet made better than in New Jersey. It's and let's just face water. it: if you're somebody who loves <laughs> breakfast food. You need to get your butt here, and you need to have yourself a Taylor ham, egg, and cheese. You can go any and to any deli in New Jersey. It's quality. Absolutely. I imagine though, there's probably some some bad ones out there. It's some like like the one that's right down at the end of my block. Yes, oh, there man, are definitely don't... bad oh, ones. Oh god! <laughs> Watch that's out! Why the I Yelp go into Hoboken. That's why I go into Hoboken to get my breakfast sandwich. Shout out Hoboken <laughs> for their Taylor ham, egg, and cheese. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it, it's it's really crazy now thinking about it. And you you mentioned as far as this episode that was going on, you you had a story that that filled in. Um, the episode in question is called "Welcome to the Chum Bucket," which is is absolutely one of my favorite season two episodes. And just to not age us a bit, but this premiered all the way back on January twenty first, two thousand two. In the United States. That is a long time ago. Um, how does that make you feel? Old. 
I lost. Barnacles, Mr. Krabs. How much money did you lose? I didn't lose any money. I lost. Don't tell me you lost the Krusty Krab. I lost. Mr. Krabs, please tell me you didn't lose the Krabby Patty secret formula. I lost you. What? I bet your contract, and I lost. Good one, Mr. Krabs. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash SpongePod, where various designs will be uploaded and inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. All the preparation is making me hungry. Me too. You know what would really hit the spot? Why don't you whip us up a couple of Krabby Patties? Mm, I'm kind of in the mood for tacos. <laughs> Good one, SpongeBob. But really, why don't you go ahead and make us a pet? Does it, though? But, like, it's still good. You could show this episode to any kid. A kid's born right now, and they're still going to be... Definitely. ...in tears over this. Yeah, I will. I work with I work with kids. I'm a substitute teacher at a local elementary school in North Jersey. You know, I kids today definitely still quote SpongeBob SquarePants. Absolutely, it's, it's one of those things that just has endured through multiple generations, and I still see it out there today. <laughs> what was um? What was the story that that you said that connected the, with you with this episode? Okay, so in the in the episode, the plot is centered around the fact that Mr. Krabs loses SpongeBob's contract, work contract, at the Krusty Krab to Plankton. So now SpongeBob is legally obligated to go work at the Chum Bucket. Mr. Krabs had lost him in a card game. Um, on one story, and this is not actually the story that I was going to tell. I've been playing cards lately, so... I understand how Mr. Krabs feels in this yeah, situation. Yeah, going, going to those extremes to bet SpongeBob's <laughs> contract. Yeah, that's... Uh... I wonder... Now, he said he's been playing Plankton. He's been playing Plankton for 15 years every Thursday mm -hmm. night mm -hmm. in cards. And the one little scene we get from it shows a massive amount of money on the, on the table there. Yep. How much did it get to... Where Mr. Krabs literally ran out of money and was like, uh, SpongeBob's contract. Like, this is it. This is the last. Yeah. Uh, it must have just been a really bad run of luck for Mr. Krabs, which, hey, look, that happened to me last night in a poker tournament. Uh, actually, no, two nights ago. Sorry. 
You lost SpongeBob's I, contract? No. No, I just had a really bad run of cards. Like, I lost two massive pots with Pocket Kings, which is a great starting hand in No Limit Hold'em. But it just goes to show you that sometimes your luck is just really bad. And it, it is what it is. Can't take it personally, but it is what it is. Yeah. You, you just, you gotta play the cards that are dealt mm-hmm. with to you. And there's some people who go on, like, complete lucky streaks. You can just be at the casino and watch them, and every hand they get is yep. just complete fire, and they just happen to run into those those golden cards. Uh, but, any, like, so Mr. Krabs just decided, well, SpongeBob's contract is up to win. Plankton wins his first hand ever in 15 years, wins the pot, which I'm guessing was a lot of money, and SpongeBob's, and SpongeBob's contra- contract. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Because is does your story have to do with work contracts being shifted? It, 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 it's not a specific contract. It's just it's just a position shift in in one of my positions right now. So like I mentioned earlier, I work as a substitute teacher at a local. Is this something school. you want public? Yeah, it's 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 nothing. It's nothing <laughs> okay, bad. Okay, hey. it's nothing bad at all. Okay, it's, go on. It's just it's just the cards that we were dealt. Um, so I came in, I started working with a local class, with a, with a class in elementary school back in November. They had had a teacher abruptly leave, so I was placed into their, into their class as a long-term sub while they hired another teacher. Um, this particular class is, is a co-teaching class, so there were two teachers in the classroom. So I continued to work with the class after they, um, they brought in another teacher, and they were still looking to, to hire another and you know at at some point uh the state of new jersey only allows you to sub in a particular class for x amount of days it's just a it's just a stature in the the way that substitute teaching works yeah nothing nothing bad okay but you know at one point my time limit came up in that class and i had to be moved to another class it's it's not a big deal but it's. I understand how SpongeBob felt going from one position all of a sudden having to switch to another, and you know I I built up relationship with those kids and and that class and we had a great thing going the, with the other teacher and me, and but then I, I got moved to another class and those kids were just as wonderful to work with, and you know yeah I can imagine just if your job. If you enjoy your job and then you're just told one yeah. day, yeah, you're going to be doing something completely different. No, there's nothing, there's nothing you. bad about that. This is, it's, though, it's, this I, is I having said, to go I, I to work for another yeah. company, which, could you imagine, you know, working for Google and all of a sudden you're told, hey, we traded your contract to Microsoft, you're going to work there. Like, Yeah, or like to you, Apple or something. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to argue because, I mean, it's probably a lot of money if you're that high up to yeah. get traded to this company, so you're just like, okay. Yeah. But that that does that happen without your consent? Well, it, it's, it certainly does in sports. Players get traded to another team. I was going br- to bring that up because you're also yeah. a big sports guy too. Yeah, you know, so you see it all the time. Um, yeah, one day you wake up and you're just told, "Hey, you're you you're a pitcher for the Cardinals now." Yep. Exactly. Hey, you're moving to Boston. Yep. New York, like that's crazy. 
it's just part of the business of sports. And, you know, the, the, what happened to me is just part of the but business you know what? of substitute teaching. I, I it's would it's say just the, a reality. I would say the one argument against the sports analogy is that I think when you get that contract, you know going into it that it's always a possibility. Like, it, like that option is always on the table unless you get a contract that takes that option off the table, which I'm sure a few players have. Some players have no trade clauses. Yeah. They have, they have those built into their contracts. Uh, so the, the episode written by Walt Dorn, Paul Tibbet, and Doug Lawrence, who, by the way, Doug Lawrence, Mr. Lawrence, also the voice of Plankton. I knew that. Also the voice of Philbert Turtle from Rocco's Modern Life. Turtle, turtle. Tom Kenny, SpongeBob, also the voice of Heifer from Rocco's Modern Life. I love those little tidbits of information. Uh, this is just another slam dunk episode from season two. This Absolutely. is just a, another classic in the in the can. Another just every episode I can say is my favorite episode because they're all good. When I have to eventually rank this season, it's going to be tough because whatever at the bottom ultimately doesn't deserve to be at a, at the bottom of any list. But like, and it's going to have to be one again. Just goes back to that concept. That's just the way it is. Yeah, that's you know? just the way that's it is. Just and that's the way the news goes. You to can't quote you can't, another great show. You can't <laughs> sit down and cry about stuff. No. You gotta. But SpongeBob does. He gets dragged away from Mr. Krabs. Uh, it's still funny, yeah. even though it's very dark and yeah, kind of grimy on Plankton's end. Forces SpongeBob to then work in, in the Chum Bucket kitchen, which is completely different than any other kitchen that I've ever seen before, Spongebob's ever seen before. Now, they have a steamer, which I don't know if you've had a steamed hamburger. Uh, apparently, it's like a thing that people are getting really into, and there's some restaurants that specifically steam Isn't that their... that McDonald's does it? Maybe? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, I thought it's Play-Doh. <laughs> I thought all McDonald's beef is just like... I thought it was pink Play-Doh with some with some beef. You know what's crazy? I mean, I'm sorry. This is just going to be said. It's crazy that uh, the FDA has a ruling that – or some sort of law or whatnot that you have to have a certain amount of beef to then be able to then pr promote your product as 100% beef. There's – yeah. There's no way the Krusty Krab is following any of these guidelines. Like, Nor is the Chum Bucket. <laughs> no, no. The Chum Bucket is actually selling the McDonald's Play-Doh without any yeah. of the brown stuff. They're just like, hey, here. Well, Chum is fish meat and guts. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. dark that he's out there selling it. It's like if you walked out and there was a fast food restaurant selling, like, human parts. <laughs> that's very dark. Well, that's, 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 that's the that's, Chum Bucket. That's straight out of like sweeney todd right there that's you know that is the chum bucket <laughs> in that story sweeney todd and uh, mrs lovett's meat pies yeah except uh, well here's the thing the, uh she didn't actually you know he, plankton is very out in the open that he's selling chum it's called the yeah. chum bucket so mm -hmm. the fish are down there at least the ones that happen to walk in once in a while and eat there just, I guess, don't understand what Chum is. Uh, Plankton initially very aggressive with SpongeBob, making demands for him to make a Krabby Patty, ultimately. That's what his goal is, of mm -hmm. course, throughout the entire part of this episode. When the aggression doesn't work, 
Uh, Karen suggests that he uses kindness and compassion, which at first seems to yield some decent results of SpongeBob being a little bit more happy around Plankton, therefore possibly more willing to make a Krabby Patty. Yep. SpongeBob, of course, playing chess while Plankton is playing checkers and completely takes advantage of the situation. Playing the long game. Playing the long game. Takes advantage of Plankton through and through to the point that he knows he's just going to he's going to get away with anything he wants because plankton's not going to do anything. Plankton's biggest threat out of this is not firing him, which would be great because then he could just get rehired by the crusty crab. It's to put his brain inside of a robotic version of him, which yeah. then does end up happening. And then still the brain takes over the robot enough to disobey plankton. To be like, I'm going to head out. Which, by the way, a little bit of trivia. The the magazine that the robot was reading has a Spongebob comic strip strip on it that features Spongebob, Patrick, and Squidward. Excellent. A little little bit of meta humor there. The robot reading into their uh, world. But uh, at this point, Plankton completely fed up with with Spongebob. Mm -hmm. Begs Mr. Krabs to take him back. Mr. Krabs then takes advantage of this situation and is only willing to take him back as long as Plankton pays 50 bucks. Yeah. And Plankton then admits that he cheated during the card game in which he won SpongeBob's contract, gets thrown back into the chum bucket. SpongeBob is now back with his brain and makes a little joke at the end. And that's our episode. But, man, classic through and through, what what are your thoughts? Like... What, like when you see this episode, you probably haven't watched SpongeBob in a while. When's the last time you even saw this? It has been years. I I, I can honestly say that the, I think the last time I saw an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants was a little over four years ago, when I checked into my hotel in Madrid, Spain. Yeah. And Bob Esponja. No which way. Is the, which is the <laughs> the translation. So it was funny hearing that the theme song. Bob Esponja, Bob Esponja, and it was just, it was, oh my god, it, we, it, we were like, it literally translates to Bob Sponge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty spot on with it. So, I, I honestly think that was the last time I saw an episode of Spongebob Squarepants. Jeez. Four years ago, at a hotel in Madrid. Now, <laughs> but before that, when do you think the last time you watched the English version would you say it's been about 10 years? No, I've I've seen an episode of SpongeBob here and there. I haven't seen newer SpongeBob. Yeah. I've only I've only I think there I think SpongeBob was on Netflix for a little bit. And a few of the early season episodes were were on there which were which in my opinion is the golden age of SpongeBob. So I I think I probably when I had some downtime or just watching TV before going to oh, bed. That whole, I might put on That whole Bob. Golden Age thing doesn't even have to be your opinion. That's straight yeah, up fact it, at this point. But yeah. new, I, hey, it's new, canon. <laughs> new, newer SpongeBob has uh, has been getting some great, great reviews. So things are... There, there's always, like, I watched a newer Simpsons episode. Fantastic. Made me laugh. Okay. Things come in waves. Like, it just... 
it'll get bad and then it gets good again. South then it Park gets bad. had a great pandemic special that was. South Park has had seasons where they're terrible and then they get yep. like a few seasons where they're really good. It's just what happens in entertainment. These long-standing cartoons, there's only so many stories you could do before you're just going back to the well again and just yeah, scraping like, the bottom a little bit more. Family Guy does. It's the same formula. Everybody, but. When you go back to an episode like this, you can always, on its own, just... I could show an adult who has never watched Spongebob an episode like this, and they're able to understand everything about the characters. Yeah. Uh, you don't see too much of Mr. Krabs' greed, although we do get a lot of caring about him with Spongebob. We don't get that a lot before this. Definitely not. Mr. Mr. Krabs is all about making a profit at Spongebob's expense, truth be told. We don't know exactly how much Mr. Krabs pays Spongebob. You might, well, you might actually know the answer to that question. Oh, it fluctuates. Uh, there's, uh, there might be like an average amount, but I mean, it's always super low. Yeah. Because Mr. Krabs wants to make exactly how much money he can. I think Spongebob with, I think Spongebob doesn't need to work. I think his parents, I don't know, he just has a suspicious amount of money. Like, going back to even the first episode, when you look at his house and yeah. what he has and he's looking for a job. Uh, what? Okay. Where did you get all this? I, I think his parents just, he's, like, feeding off of them. They're just wealthy and he just has money in his that back tracks. pocket. That tracks. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably later season episodes I haven't seen that completely explain all of this away that I, like... <laughs> yeah. I'll get to those episodes eventually. Mm -hmm. But, um... I don't know. It's it's always... It's always... It's good vibes. It's good vibes through and through. Nostalgia is a very 100%. powerful tool. Uh, I'm a, a big believer in nostalgia. Now, don't want to assume, but... What, what would be the most nostalgic cartoon for you to go back to? Like, what would be the cream of the crop the endorphins just flowing through your brain when you see that intro is there something that comes to mind that's an easy question to answer avatar the last airbender really 100 percent. that show so we yeah you were we were about like 13 14 15 around yeah. that time uh is there one from your childhood that you you're fond of from young from before that yeah, there's there's different eras of, of childhood. So like when you're a young kid, what was your preschool go to? Was it Sesame Street, Barney? Sesame Street, Barney, Blues Clues. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think I, I think I was in kindergarten when Blues Clues started. So all right, so you're really into Blues yeah. Clues. So um, adolescence, what what were you really into? Like uh, late nineties. Obviously, I watched all of the Pokemon cartoons when those were airing. Um, you got into Yu-Gi-Oh too, right? Yu-Gi-Oh, absolutely. Yep, I had a, I had a Yu-Gi-Oh deck. I, I, I always found to, that I was the worst duelist out of all of my friends. Eric, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I always thought I'd built a decent deck, but then I, for some some reason, I just would always get exploited and and lose every Yu-Gi-Oh duel that I ever played. Yeah, I can't. I can't play modern Yu-Gi-Oh. It's changed so much. Like they they try to adapt the rules yep. to other games, and 
Just give me a it's, basic Yu-Gi-Oh duel with like you know someone's got a blue eyes white dragon, someone else has a dark, dark magician, magician or the red blue eyes. eyes wins every time. Yup, you know because it's too powerful. Just give me, give just me give the me a summon skull from the good old days. The summon yeah. skull. You know what? The yeah. dark magician is overrated. Why do you need a dark magician when you can have a summon skull in your deck, and it takes one less tribute to get the same it amount of attack. Twenty five hundred attack points. Yeah. Damn dark magician, but he, he's got a great costume. He's got a he's got a decent look. Um, so there's that, and that's that is understandable. Getting yep. into Pokemon Yu Gi Oh that leads right into Avatar. Yep. Uh, would you say that that after Avatar: The Last Airbender, anything that was aimed to children just kind of was there any shows that as you were an adult, something like Adventure Time that maybe you got into afterwards that caught just, your eye. Just, just Rick and Morty, really, for me. Well, that yeah, it's more for adults. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely that's definitely more on the NSFW there's train. A, yeah, um, there's a few shows. I would say if you're a fan of, of Rick and Morty, I would say if you ever get a chance, regular show mm-hmm. is an absolute wild trip that is very much in line with like you yeah. know what if you took Rocco's Modern Life and Rick and Morty and blended it together, regular show. Yeah. Oh, and you know what else I like. All of the Star Wars cartoons, like the Star Wars. Wars, the Clone Wars, yeah, that whole series. I've been watching the Bad Batch every week. There you go. Um, there you go. You know, I I love those the Star Wars Rebels. Those cartoons that Dave Filoni created that fit in between the main Skywalker saga movies. Those cartoons have some of the best storytelling, the best voice acting. Shout out to D. Bradley Baker. He is one of the best in that business. Um. You know, dude, he is. He, he really is. Like, yeah. he's, he, he is one of the, cre- the cream of the crop. Five different clone troopers, six if you add a, another one that he voices. Yeah, like it's it's crazy. Uh, he's he, also the voice of like Appa in, in Avatar. So you know. Yeah, how do you create? They're just like, hey, you're a flying bison. <laughs> make make those noises, and he just comes up with them on the spot. Mm-hmm. A uh, few little just bits of trivia about this episode. Uh, the book Plankton Reads to SpongeBob is the same book that uh, Grandma SquarePants had with in uh, Grandma's Kisses, the uh, <laughs> the sea leprechaun book. So one of SpongeBob's That's favorites. Right yeah, yeah, we we passed oh. by that. It's a it's a wonderful episode. Truly. Uh, this. Uh, the PlayStation version of Super Sponge shows clips of this episode in the introducing Mr. Krabs and Plankton scene, which, of course, that's, I think, the next video game coming up that I'm going to have to review. Um, now, here's the thing. Mr. Krabs says that he has been playing uh, poker or cards with Plankton for 15 yeah, years. Like However, in Plankton's army, it was the 25th anniversary of when he first tried to take the formula... Um, but the, the whole card, there's always like lore things in which they always try to, times never add up. Like when SpongeBob says, I've been employee of the month 400,000 times in one episode. And there's always continuity. There's, there's always caught continuity errors. There's never anything set. And that's, that's kind of the joke people. I mean, so. How do you uh, think the Simpsons have endured or Family Guy or South Park? They, they, they just. They don't age the characters, but they adapt to what's going on in the world around. 
it's it's formula it's a magic formula to uh borrow a term from spongebob absolutely this is a magic formula um now do you have anything that you would like to to promote bud that i can give you a platform to anything public not really hey cool look like i'm just kind of i i just moved into my own new space first time living on my own i'm working two great jobs i'm still with that elementary school by the way like i don't want to like, I love where I'm at. I love everybody that I'm working with. It is a great job, and and quite frankly, the all the all the students that I worked with were great this year. Really opened my eyes to a, a whole career possibility for me. Absolutely. So, you know th- that story it, has a just like this episode. SpongeBob's back at the Krusty Krab. I'm I feel like I belong there, and I'm you know I'm I'm happy about that. You've always been great working with kids. Um, but you're also a super creative person, so if you ever if you ever decide to create content, let me know. I would love to. I would love to know what you're ever getting into. Yeah, you're, you're someone who just has always uh, adapted well to the different arts out there, well, and, and it's and always interesting to see what you do because we didn't really dive into our our experience. Not just knowing each other in school, we had four years of the uh, of drama club with each other. Yep. Uh, Seth here being in front of the stage, uh, in front of the curtain. I was behind the curtain mostly, but uh, I did enjoy the times I was forced to to be in plays and whatnot. But but like, Seth, uh, you like, you yeah. you excelled at wanting to be an actor. You were a fantastic actor. It was yeah, you know. And then I, I ended up going to to college for that. It just it's one of those things where I just. I realized that, yeah, I was passionate for it, and it's something that I could still see myself doing in, in a community setting, but I've found that the best application for what I what I know I'm capable of and what I ultimately want to do is to actually just more teach and share what I've learned and what I've experienced. You know, you, you hear all the time about the arts losing budget, you know, losing budget money, programs get cut arts education matters and uh it's something that really can impact students lives for the better whether it's performing arts music theater whether it's visual arts eric i know you are a fantastic visual artist the the the, best that i know the arts unfortunately have been pushed out of schools in favor of keeping up with arbitrary numbers the the testing that they yeah. that they push on your children it is just to make themselves look better in an overall landscape of schools so that they get more money that is what it boils down to it's not to set your kids up for a better future if if we were more creative mm-hmm. our schools our high schools would be more designed to help people go out into the world mechanics classes should be mandatory everybody should learn how to change the oil in their car uh (laughs) taxes there should everybody should have a mandatory taxes class everybody should should learn how to do their tax like the stuff that they force on you yeah and so this goes beyond arts but like yes even the arts the creative arts the visual arts the, the the wood shop the metal shop Yes. The robotics, everything where you're being creative, physics, like 
Those are mm-hmm. all important, and the money that they lo- they lose more every every year after year after year, yeah. and it just it depresses me. And and to further Eric's point, let the record state that the reason I let out that raucous burst of laughter at the beginning of of that wonderful statement is because raucous. There was one time that I botched an oil change for one of my dear friends. <laughs> so yes. Having a class on how to change your oil in high school, I fully endorse that being mandatory. It doesn't even have Because that. then I wouldn't have made that stupid mistake that I made. Look, people make mistakes. It happens. And here's the thing. I'm but, not, I, I don't want to come down yeah. on, the, on, the, on the forced English and math and, and history classes. Like, everything that any high school teaches is important. Yeah. But let the kids decide their path if they want to spend most of their time in the woodshop department or or let them just, do it. just let them do it let them let them be creative let them be themselves and you know what yes have a varied structure of schedule but yeah. just stop taking the money get, away get from the, the woodshop stop taking the money away from the the arts departments music, yeah. music departments anything creative that it's so important for yeah. these kids. People should learn that even if... Look, think about all the people listening to this podcast right now. You probably work a 9 to 5 or an overnight, second shift, third shift, whatever job that you hate, you dislike, you're frustrated on, and you go home and you paint and you play the piano and you draw and you, you work on Photoshop, you create digital art on an iPad, on a computer... You're creating a video game within a video game. Like, you're being creative and still expressing yourself, not getting paid for it necessarily, but even when the world, you know, is not necessarily like, going to support you, you're still finding a means to show yeah. what you can do. So everybody should be able to do that. Exactly. Everybody I should. I believe that 100%. Well, those... those, those Starting points have to start in school. Mm-hmm. It's important, yeah. but and school is important. So I'm glad. I'm glad you're helping shape young minds. You're a good soul at it. It's it's quite a rewarding line of work, and I'm 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 excited to see where the next year or so takes me. All right, Seth. Thank you for coming on today's show. Uh, this whole 24 hours plus definitely quite the adventure. Always worth it. It's it's worth leaving your comfort zone to just do something, experience yep. something in life, helping a friend. Uh, it, it's a complete win-win situation. So it thank you so is. much for thank, coming on. Thank you for, for coming to help me with my down two flights of stairs move. <laughs> um, I, like, the fact that you were able to come down from Connecticut two and a half hours away to Jersey, it speaks volumes. I am grateful to have you in my life and, this podcast that you do is is wonderful. SpongeBob SquarePants is a great show, <laughs> um, and this has been this has been quite a wonderful last last day or so. So thank well, you. Much appreciated. Um, now, being a musician yourself, one mm-hmm. of the the main things you do is is play the piano a lot, and you've become quite good at it. I should say, um, you've always been a talented singer. I myself. Not that bad, um, but one of the the well mo the the one thing about this episode that is most well known 
is the song "The Squirrel Is Not a Home" that SpongeBob yeah. and Mr. Krabs sing. A power ballad, mm-hmm. uh, almost a love ballad between the two, being able not to work with each other, missing one another. Yep. And it's legendary. It's one of the best SpongeBob songs of all time. It's certainly yeah. the best SpongeBob duet of all time. Yeah. And since the beginning of this show. I said, when I get to this episode, I, I gotta see if Seth would be willing to to play this. And even yeah. though months ago you agreed to to be on an episode of the show, I left out the song part until a few days ago, and you were immediately, you were totally for it. Yep. You were totally 100%. for it. 100%. I'm uh, always down for spontaneous stuff. And let me also just remind you, like, there was one time, I forget how the conversation i'm down living in jersey obviously i forget how the conversation came up but there was one time where i just texted you completely out of the blue hey what are your top five songs musical parts in all of spongebob knowing eric's spongebob knowledge as i did i was like he's the perfect person to to ask that kind of question to did i i think i answered pretty quickly you did. Absolutely. I don't remember my answers right now. You said number one was a tie between the theme song, rightfully so, and Sweet Victory. Yeah, that is right. I actually, in, in all the time, like now that Sweet Victory has been memed to the point that it was referenced to not only the Super Bowl, but has just gotten a bigger appearance yeah. in Super Bowl commercials, like Sweet Victory, I think, might take the reins as probably the best. But at the same time, most people singing the spongebob theme song when you play that in a crowd it's a crowd pleaser everybody yeah, chants absolutely. along like even if you hate the show absolutely it's infectious but uh this this song is up there this song is up there as a favorite it, you you definitely included this one on your list i i did so um for for your consideration Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod. 
You can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.